previously on the Death Saving Bros podcast. Prothean, you are now in this crypt with the others. And I have a giant fist I'm holding. It's a salmon. You're all now level eight. There is the sarcophagus with a staff with the one end carved into a cross with a star. And there are decorative imprints around the crypt. You stick it in the ground. Oh, you're saying that it looks like a key. Yes. And when you do, there are streaks of light and a door slides open. Do we go down there? I'm going to throw a salmon at him. The grown-ups are talking. (laughs) (laughs) And the staircase opens into a large room. And at the far end, you can see a pedestal and two chests. I would like to shadow step in front of the chest. You activate one of the pressure plates, a metal spear. Is there a path I can take all the way to the chest? Yes. And I smash that chest with my warhammer. And you depress the plate that is underneath it. Jets of flame ignite from the top of the room. Stop fucking Uh, touching the chests. My character right now is laughing while watching you guys. Yep. I'm having a pretty good time. Or you still? Is there anything on the pedestal, or was it? You see the cross with a star symbol. Jet takes the staff and places the top on the pedestal. The pedestal is filled with spiderwebbed veins of light, and from the pedestal raises a book, the Chronicles of Parmar. I want to sprint across the room and absolutely golf slap this fucking chest. You guys want me to burn these books for you? The only book you need is the Book of Torm. No. (laughs) This is the elvish version of the Book of Torm. And Jet, having skimmed through the the Chronicles of Parmar, what is in there says, Riley Bevden, known architect of the Presian Canal System, the Diadem Exorius. You see a list of different demons Brixius and Ambionitis have been looking for. The one name that matches their description, for Lyris. Welcome to another episode of the Death Saving Bros Podcast. I am your host and Dungeon Master, Paul Camper. With me today, I have Eric Nemeth. Guten Tag! Brad Renfro. Crisscross marinara sauce. <laughs> ben Renfro. All I need is three things. My bros, my hoes, and my mimos. Sus. Mimosas. Brad Richards. Both of you eat dicks. And Matt Smith. Hello? All also eat dicks. <laughs> okay. We are a fifth edition actual play Dungeons and Dragons podcast. This is our 46th episode. Nailed it. It's, it's, it's got a number to it. It's in order. <laughs> it's another week. Who remembers what happened last time on the Death Saving Bros podcast? We are not doing nose goes. God damn it. We are actually going to do something that Ben suggested a few episodes back where we put our D20s in a hat and then we pick a winner. Eric, I'll put one in for you. Kobe, I was going to do that and say that exact same thing, you sack of shit. Hold on, guys. It's a D20. Paul, I got this. Don't move the hat. (laughs) 
<laughs> he just cracked his screen <laughs> with a die. Did he crack his uh, screen? No, Did you put this kind of dice in? Well, you have different numbers. I put the... His yeah. are white numbers, yours are not. Oh, this is for Eric. I then. put the middle one in. All right. Just so you know, I have an actual hat and am picking out a die. Yeah, who owns a hat like that? We're not impressed. Brad Renfro. Get fucked. All right. What happened last time on the Death Saving Bros podcast? First, you got to whip all the D20s back at us. <laughs> last time on the Death Saving Bros podcast, our adventurers. Jeez, those are bullets. Throwing them at my nips. Those are bullets. <laughs> the Free the Nip campaign, I support it. Oh, God. All right, someone give me the camera. I got to throw Eric's back at him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, please use the metal one. I got to wind up first. Got to get loose. Oh, why did I do that? Y'all embarrass me. Last time on the Death Saving Bros podcast, our adventurers nimbly escaped various amounts of traps while pursuing the Crips in search of its secrets. The Crips? Yeah. Like the Crips and the Bloods? Yeah, yeah. The KKK. Big CIA. EIELs. At the end of their adventure, they came across two chests in which they recovered information that pretty much said, I'm going to lose the whole intro thing. Um, information, cause, yeah, no, this is where I start to get a uh, little, I got to think a little bit harder. Um, pretty much information about the, we got the demon that Brixius and Ambonites are looking for. We got information on the Diadem Exorius that we're all kind of, or I guess I'm mostly interested in, or I, I don't really know if these guys care about what's going on with me. So information on that. And yeah. Anybody have anything else to add? Prussian Canal System. It's important. To find Riley Bevden. Loud noises. You mean the Persian Canal? Yes. Thank you. The Parisian Canal. Yeah, I'd say that's a pretty good recap. So, uh, at the end of the last episode, uh, Jet was reading through the various materials, and he came up with a lot of this information. Abe and Brixius were trying to dismantle the flamethrowers, and Prothean and Ambionitis weren't doing anything. This occurred over the course of an hour. Therefore, uh, Jet, Prothean, and Ambionitis can use their hit dice if you want to. Abe and Brixius, sorry, you guys were doing something a little bit more strenuous than eating, drinking, reading, or tending to your wounds. So you don't get to use your hit dice. Or nothing. I preemptively used half my hit dice to gain mostly full HPs. I only get one hit dice, right? You have a number of hit dice equal to your level. Oh, hot dog. Oh, I'm back at full health then. The You get seven ambientitis. No, isn't everybody level eight? Yeah. No, because no. they got like a sorcerer class. Well, they're still a level eight. But we would get... So seven. Like Mine's for, a one d eight per my monk level. Yeah, so they have so eight be, hit dice, but they only get to use. They can only use up to seven. D twelve for the barbarian, or D eight for sorcerer is one d six. Is it? That's what I've written down. Oh, cool. Fuck you, DM. How about that? <laughs> is there a pussy ass bitch? I'm not gonna use two. I thought about it. I'm not gonna be able to count. Two. All right, we can count by two. Eight. That's ten. Five. Shit. I got a nine. 
Is that 19? To in total so far. One. <laughs> 20. Four. How many 24. hit dice are you at? Five. Four. 28. One. Six. All right. 35 total hit points that you get back. Wow. You're at 74. Nice. With what he had before. Yeah. Also, um, I don't know if we were keeping track of it last episode, but Jet, don't forget, are you wearing that uh, healing ring? Yeah. I no longer have the lowest uh, HPs, but yeah, I do have that ring that also stacks my damage. It sucks extra life out of me. Yeah, so you've got the Onyx ring uh, that boosts your constitution level. But it's Onyx like the Pokemon, not like the rock. Why? What color is the rock? I'm just saying it, it makes him beefy, so it's like the Pokemon. Oh, black? Okay. We gotta specify that Onyx? it's different. No, the rock. He said what color's the rock? Samoan. He's Samoan. It's a about mm, caramel. Yeah, if you wanna know what color the rock is, it's caramel. Samoan, what do you mean? I mean the rock, aka Dwayne, the rock Johnson. Is oh. Samoan. Is Samoan. Like the cookie? <laughs> Which means heritage. his color. Is caramel. A nice cappuccino. Onyx the Rock Johnson. <laughs> Wait, what did that do to my constitution? I thought it just boosted my HP. No, your constitution is now 16. And that's why you get the extra HP. That's right. And then you also have the suck your life ring. So you've been taking a minus one every time you are dealt damage? Yeah, I got six stacked. Okay, cool. Sakimata. All right. Um, so, having dealt with the crypt, having done our hit dice. Well, real quick, what was the pronunciation of the demon? It was for Lyris? For Lyris. For Lear is. For Lear is. Cool. All right. So we go back to the surface and then take off at a dead sprint in the correct direction. Yeah. I also think going the right way would be something beneficial for the group. I thirdly agree. It sounds like it's a majority rule at this point, Dungeon Master. It's gonna be a hard, maybe. Hard, That's hard good enough. pass. <laughs> what is the correct direction? The way we go to win. To be correct. I mean, it seems pretty obvious. Like, I don't know what you're not understanding about We're gonna go to the Prussian Canal. We really have to explain ourselves on this one? We're going the correct way, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> the correct way to get to the correct end goal that we want to do correctly. That all depends on your end goal. This is Dungeons and Dragons. You can do whatever you want. But the Prussian Canal system, if you did want to go that way, if you wanted to look through your atlas of Trugalan provinces, which you got last episode, you could do that. And Or you might remember that the goblins happened to mention the Prussian Canal system. We do remember that mentioning. Correctly. Intelligently. And we go that direction. Swiftly. That would be north. I'll tell you that that's you can figure that out in the atlas. No, I don't want to go north. <laughs> Why would we? <laughs> Come on, guys. That doesn't seem like the right way, though. <laughs> I don't know if it's the correct way. Like, there's only so many ways you can be right, and uh, until you become left. Yeah, this seems like the leftward way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So, what's the correct way? North. We're going north. Okay. Because we should also probably stop in Astrocane to, uh, I'm going to gesture at Jet and be like, and get the Eamon Day out of his up bay. 
do what now? Nothing. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, as much as I love traveling with a demon, I don't want to do it no more. So that's what we can do is we can go to Astrocane. Oh, I dropped my pencil. Uh, we can go to Astrocane, exercise his demons with some jumper jacks, and then we can maybe rest at an inn. So me and Abe can get some HPs back because we're feeling tired. We're exhausted. Um, jumper jumper jacks, huh? Oh, it's because of the jumper jacks. We're so tired. Oh, well, lucky I'm actually tired. But, uh, <laughs> so we can go there, help him with his demons, rest up, uh, read the books that we picked up so we can figure out where for Lyris is and, uh, win the game correctly. All right. I like that plan. Do I have a gym in Astrocane yet? No, you happened to mention it, and you spoke to... The bubble guy? No, not the bubble guy. The short gnomish no, not, guy? not the short guy. Uh, the tall guy? No, it was a guy a few doors down, right? A guy of medium height? Three doors down? Yeah, it was a guy a little bit down the way. His name was Tyndall. Ah, oh, Tinder. Tinder. <laughs> he's, oh. he's matchmaking you with some real estate. Ooh. Ooh. I'm sure it's real easy to get real estate. Hopefully he swipes the right way. That you really don't want to go inside too long. Or stay inside. Or okay, so you guys come up out of the <laughs> anything crypt. Anything of yourself inside. And uh, as you're coming out of the crypt, I need to know what order are you coming out of the crypt? I'd probably be somewhere in the middle. I guess me. I would be towards the front because I was still on the staircase. Yeah, I guess I'll be up front too. I'll be in the middle, I guess. Uh, I guess. I guess I'll bring up the rear. I'll walk second. I'll let Ambionitis take first. Okay, we'll have Ambionitis, Brixius, then Jet, Prothean, and Ape. Did I say I wanted to walk out of the crypt the right way? The correct way? Like the careful way? Sure, you're walking out of the crypt carefully. And rightly. Great. Jet, the staff that you got last episode the black or the mahogany staff that you got out of parmar's sarcophagus yes are you carrying that or are you wheel currently wielding your plus one quarter staff i currently have my plus one quarter staff the other one that allows me to be invisible is stashed okay uh so just like across your back or something yep all right so uh as you guys are coming out of the crypt it is now dusk, and the two people in front, which would be Ambionitis and Brixius, you suddenly see two birds come fluttering down towards this jagged, blown-up entrance to the crypt, and uh, they're silhouetted against the dying light on the horizon, and they rush right past your face. Like, they're coming right at you. I duck. I stand there. Well, it goes right past you, and they are going to start clawing at Jet's face. Ha! Oh. I want to make a pike. Can I smack one with the quarterstaff? Jet, you got a cock on your face. (laughs) I didn't say chickens were attacking us. He wasn't specific. That's what I pictured in my head. He didn't say cocks were either. We're assuming here. I flip him the bird. Ah. Well, they start clawing at your face, and as they're doing so, you see them 
shape change into two winged demons with scorpion tails and little horns on their heads. And uh, I need a quick initiative roll from everybody. These douchebags again. Why would demons be attacking Jet as a demon? I rolled a 15. I rolled a 22. 16. 19. 18. Really, I was the lowest with a 15. Good rolling today, boys. Except for the fact of uh, my hit dice was very subpar. All right, Jet, you have uh, the first reaction. It's crusading time, as I pull out my sword. Uh... <laughs> Alrighty, first I'm going to take a quarterstaff swing with a combined unarmed strike, as I'm allowed to. And I'll see what kind of hurting that does to him. At your own face. Okay, so you've got your uh, your first quarterstaff. Yeah, I rolled a 14 for that. That will do it. Okay. Quarterstaff is... I did 10 damage with that. Okay. And the unarmed strike was a 9, or a 12. Okay, you knock that one back. Uh, you bash it over the head with your quarterstaff and then punch it away from you, and it goes sailing, and you hear a satisfying crunch like you had just stomped on a beetle. Excellent. I'll take my second attack at the second one with the quarterstaff. 25. Um, 8 damage. Okay. And the unarmed strike that goes with it. Hold on. You can't do that. It's a monk thing where I do a attack. It can be combined with a unarmed strike as a as a bonus action. And you only get one bonus action. I think eh. it's in addition to the attack action, not like each attack. Like you you have extra attack, right? Yeah. Yeah, so I think it's like when you take the attack action, you also get to take a bonus action to do an extra unarmed strike. Well, so if he has second attack, if he takes the attack action, you get to make a second attack. That's right. the second attack, so that's the two quarters. But that's still, like, one action. Right, that's one action, and then he gets a bonus action, which is the unarmed strike. Right. We're saying the same thing. Yeah. Okay. Okay, so I do just eight damage to that one. Okay. That one, how do you hit that one? I hit the first one, and then I hit the second one. Baseball bat swing, and then a reverse baseball bat swing. So baseball bat, baseball bat, and then punch to the first one and it went sailing? Yeah. Okay. Uh, it is still alive. And Ambionitis, you are aware of the fact that there is this winged demon. I smack it towards Ambionitis and say, batters up. I would like to kiss it. Kiss it? With my Warhammer. Alright. In its rectum. <laughs> it is sailing backwards towards you, so... Well, he's hopefully gonna get one in his butt. Will over 20 do it? Yes. Okay. Is it safe to say you just don't see where it flies off to because it disintegrates on impact? Yeah, actually, how much damage do you do base? Well, I'm not raging. Two. Uh, five? Yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> Again. Six? Six? Five? Either way, you hear that satisfying crunch of a beetle. Nice. And it curls in on itself. Nice. Like a potato bug, but it's very dead. Home run! I would like to assault the other one. other one's dead. There's two of them? We won. There were two. They're you both killed dead. both of them? I killed one, and then I hit the other one towards you. Damn. And hit home run. And I said, home run! I'm upset. <laughs> I hit Jet instead. Hey. I'm just kidding. You guys think these would make a good roast? 
I'm do sorry. I recognize? I'm poking you with a sword. Do I recognize what kind of demons these are? Am I familiar with them? Yes, they're low-level servant-type demons. Cool. What part of them um, is you, valuable? You, you might call them an imp, but imps are technically devils, so I'm not going to call them imps. It's a demon imp. What about minions? So it's a dimp. yeah, sure. It's a it's a it's a minion You guys want to barbecue these guys? I'm hungry. What's what's the uh, what's a valuable part of them? Uh, the scorpion tail. You can take the venom from them. All right, I want to cut off both of the scorpion tails. You have two minion scorpion tails. Fucking Digimon uh, protein. You can Digimon. go ahead and eat these if you want to. I would probably say don't do it. I also have some salmon and mushrooms. I'm throwing my bag of food. I'm not hungry. This is D&D. We don't have to eat. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't really want to eat demons. I just want to kill them. If you eat demons, you get to strength. Ah, false. That That's probably false. I want to look around and make sure we're not about to get like swooped down on by... Like a whole fuck ton of them. Give me a perception check. You can't be surprised. Prothean, demons are some weak motherfuckers. I don't want their strength. Fifteen. Um, I still have my pike out. The light is failing, but I have dark vision. But you're pretty sure <laughs> that there aren't any other winged beasts around. Pretty uh, sure. Do I sense any evil things in the area? How far does that reach? I think it only reaches a certain distance. Let me double check because I don't know the distance on that one. While he's doing that, hey, Abe, could I get some of that venom to uh, make some poison darts? Oh, can we Can we, uh, Can we? we back it up to the fact that... Will that work? 60 feet. <laughs> uh, no, you do not sense anything evil. Can we back it up to the fact that uh, Jet has a demon in him, and demons are now attacking the demon inside of Jet? Maybe it's because that demon's gone away now, and we're okay. Yeah, but why did they single you out? I don't know. Maybe it's the You guys stick. want me to execute him? <laughs> Sorry, not execute. Well, I could do that too. Exercise! Let's give him a quick cavity search and see what the state of his butthole is <laughs> as far as this demon goes. It might be this glowy staff key thing that I've been carrying. No, I, maybe someone else should carry the staff then. In case that demon's still in inside of you. No, I kind of like the staff. And we should get you to Astrocane. Yeah, we're so going to Astrocane. We can do these jumper jacks mm -hmm. and get this demon out of you, but until then maybe you shouldn't carry the staff and uh, we should watch you. No, hey, they're going to come anyway. We took care of these demons. It wasn't a big deal. I just think it's weird the fact that demons are attacking demons now. I mean, if the, the, the enemy is the enemy here, so I think we're good. Demons will be attacking our group regardless, then, as long as we got this cool staff. Well, if it happens again, then we know it's either the staff or the demon. Alright, well... And if then... the demons like the staff, then you turn back into a demon, then you would presumably like the staff, and you would already have it. No, no, it's okay. I don't like the staff. Well, then why are you not giving it up? It seems uh, no, like, no, no, it seems no, like you like it. the staff right now. No, it's just my staff. It, you're pretty attached to the shaft. I advance menacingly. <laughs> Still have your pike out? With my pike out. <laughs> I'm drawing my sword and going to look intimidating. Why don't Why don't you just do your... It, you can see magic stuff, right? Is this like a evil or is this an evil staff? Oh, we definitely know there's something up with Prothean. the, the, with I mean, the we staff. We already checked but... this. You're definitely 100% sure 
semi-possessed. No, 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 no. I'm talking about the staff, not me. Well, he didn't detect anything evil. See? See, the staff is Does okay. It se- do I sense evil coming from the staff? No. Yeah, I don't sense anything, but I don't trust my senses. <laughs> <laughs> Character flaw. <laughs> I never trust My character's anything. dumb as fuck. I don't know if I get what I'm doing. All right. So let's just go ahead and advance the Astrocane then. And uh, in doing so, I'm going to be keeping a very careful eye on Jet. Okay. Um, making your way there it takes you approximately three days. Uh, you were almost there when you started heading south to begin with after encountering, encountering those goblins. So uh, it's a pretty straight shot north. You're making your way through the moorlands of the Trugallan foothills along the Barrier Ridge Mountains. And the scrub brush gives way to the uh, highland fields surrounding Astrakhane, and you come once again upon the city. You are looking upon it, and you can see that massive church with all the stained glass and swooping arches and trellis systems. The buttresses and surrounding that church are the... uh, couple-story wooden homes. Coming into town again, you see the people that had been milling about the first time, and they actually, some of them actually seem to recognize you and don't give you quite as weird a look as the first time that you came through. Uh, But you clearly are outsiders because they are wearing those silken uh, cardigans. (laughs) Where would you like to go in the city? Are you going straight to the magistrate slash high priest. Everybody has had their chance to uh, get their HPs back and stuff, so I don't see why not. What do you mean? I have not got my HPs back. Well, they oh. like three days, right? Yeah. So oh. presumably we would have slept. <laughs> <laughs> if you didn't sleep, then we're going to have to roll for uh, fatigue. What? It's D&D. You don't get fatigued. So I see no reason why at least I shouldn't head straight there. It's like Skyrim, where you can literally never, ever <laughs> sleep, and you're <laughs> fine. <laughs> All right. Uh, yeah, we can head straight to the Magistrate. I also want to make it a point before we leave this city, though, like when we're in it now, I want to talk to Tyndall again about opening up a new gym in Astrocane. So, we go to the Magistrate to find, are we looking for the little gnomish dude or the dragon guy? Or the gnomish dude. The dragon guy's not here, right? He's up well, in the We're main looking for uh, Lord Farquaad. Carfwad. Farquaad? Yeah. Carfwad. But we do need to talk to the dragon, the dragon born in the bubble still, because uh, he definitely knows that there's demons, and... I don't think he's going to tell us. Well, he was real shady about it the first time, and then his name was on that list that we found, too, so that's another big indicator. And then, at least that's the extent of why I know we're sketched out about him. I think, yeah, there's, I mean, like, one, I think there's one more reason. What are we going to ask him? Presumably if we, we were like holding him down, choking him out right now, what would we ask him? Are you summoning demons? Yes. Okay. <laughs> Why? How do we stop him? <laughs> how do we get to this one demon? Uh, How about you not summon demons anymore? We can persuade him. <laughs> uh, Protein can persuade him. That's always an option. But, uh... No, I do think I do think he has something to do with the demons for sure. And if our goal right now, I mean, we have demon hunters and people seeking revenge for demons and a guy with a demon inside of him, I think we should definitely uh, pursue the option of figuring out why 
there's demons and how to stop all of this demon mishap because that seems to be where all of our problems as an entire party are coming from. Except you probably like demons, right? Because you get paid because they're here. It's like supply and demand. <laughs> it's a uh, job security. Yeah, if there's no more demons, then you're out of a job and you're not making money. Mm, I guess so. So you're true. the one summoning the demons, aren't you? Ooh. Hmm. I'd only summon the weak demons then, so I could kill them easily. As you're discussing this in the street, you happen to notice that a lot of people seem to be going in the same direction, all headed towards the church. And uh, the bells start tolling off in the distance, and one woman walks up to you and asks, Newcomers, are you going to the, uh, the festival? What festival? Yes. The festival of creation. What's the door charge? There is no charge. It is Swag. It is the autumnal equinox. What is being created? It is a celebration of all of us being created. Please come join. So Why would it's you a sex festival? Why would you celebrate everything being created? There were bad things created and bad people created and you're celebrating them? Come and learn. Yeah, I'll come check out this festival. It seems like fun. Are you celebrating the creation of demons? She walks off. <laughs> oh. You extract information from her? Guys, should we follow her? I feel like she's hiding something. No, Protean. <laughs> Fuck. I say the word demon, she gets all sheepish and leaves. So we were supposed to go exercise a demon and now we're gonna go to a festival. Uh... Oh, right. Do we know... Okay, so we probably wouldn't know for sure if, uh... Farquaad is gonna be here? Everybody's headed in the direction of the church. Oh, and he should oh, be there, there, so we gotta go there either. Maybe we can exercise the demons in front of everyone. Uh, if exercise demon you mean maul him, then yes, we could definitely do that as a demonstration <laughs> for the upcoming gym. You were trying to open oh, the gym in this, this Yeah, city. I haven't done any demonstrations in this gym yet, or this city yet. I'm actually, I'm actually pretty sure that you did already talk to Tyndall, and he was like, yeah, sure, well, like, here, give me some money and I'll set it up. Yeah, I thought you'd put a down payment on something already. Pretty sure it was like three years worth of my wages, too. Yeah, but... <laughs> so is my gym open so then like in the city now? Gold. No, you've only you've only been away from the city for... Jeez, I gotta count. What, like a week? Uh, two days to Siren, two days to Astrocane, three days south, three days back. Yeah, no, you have not. It wouldn't be open yet. That's ten days. Come on, we... Those, uh... Who were those two people that we dealt with in the one city? You guys know what I'm talking about, right? Oh, um... Yeah, Larry see, he knows Jerry. what I'm talking yeah, about. Yeah, the two, uh... The two halfwits. Yeah, the interior designers. Yeah, they got... Leroy? <laughs> Leroy Jenkins! They, they got that shit set up pretty quickly, so I don't see why 10 days isn't enough time for this gym. However, I'd still like to end up stopping in and at least having a conversation to see how the progress is going with that. And, uh... I have some suggestions for the design that I want to give them, so... Imar and Leslin, those are the names. Yeah, that's, that's what, what I was looking was. for. All right, so off in the distance, you hear. I draw my great sword. <laughs> Prothean, easy guy. Let's just go to the church. I put my great sword away. Uh, as you continue down the street and you follow the uh, known path that you took to get to this church, following the crowd of people, you come upon the square with the statue, the fountain of Helleros, the many-faced, five-faced god, and the giant church is in front of you. The crowd is all throughout this square, 
people have climbed up on the fountain to see a stage that has been erected on the steps of the church. I love erected things. And on stage, you see some minstrels. They are playing crumhorns, and uh, there is a man who is taking a sweeping bow with a plume of grasses and leaves in his hair, and he is wearing the most elaborate cardigan of everybody in the city. He comes forward and says, Ladies, gentlemen, children. Ugh. I don't like the way this guy says children. <laughs> we come together to celebrate life, the creation of all that exists. On this autumnal equinox, before the winter comes, let us look back at where all of this started. He takes another sweeping bow. Some people come out and start dancing around the stage. And they toss petals out into the crowd. And everybody is kind of clapping merrily. They clear the stage. The orator folds his hands in front of his body and the music fades. He looks around the crowd and says, In the beginning, there was nothing. There was nothing and no one to witness it. He pauses, and the whole square is silent. Only the pennants strung on strings high above the square flap in the, uh, in the slight breeze. Then the orator begins to pace, and he says, Then suddenly, something awakened in that great beyond. Something recognized there was nothing and no one to see it. And it was that realization, that thought that flashed brilliantly across the ether. It sparked like a bolt of lightning, and the orator flings his arm out as a streamer comes loose from his sleeve, and it goes out into the crowd, and the people in the front squeal in surprise. It sparked like a bolt of lightning, raging outward as it defined space, and lasting several moments as it set the wheel of time in motion. And once it had faded, it was no longer the first thought. It was then the first memory. We call the being who had this first thought the Great Mother, because it was out of this thought that the goddess Ayun was born. Goddess of knowledge and keeper of memory, she cataloged the first thought, the first memory. She saw the light of the Great Mother's thoughts. She knew the darkness of their absence. And the orator is pacing back and forth as he's telling this story. And he raises his finger and starts pointing, gesturing. And in those elements, she found her siblings, Pelor and Tiamat. Both had been born of the Great Mother at the beginning of time, and both were powerful indeed. This is all wrong. Incorrect. <laughs> I really hope you're not going where I think you're going with this. Abe's gonna hold a hand over his mouth <laughs> and just be like, "Shh." The people around are looking at you pretty angrily, uh, but the orator doesn't stop, and he holds out his left hand. He says, "Paylor 
was born in the light of the first thought. His powers manifested in light, strength, and healing, and he was good. Then the orator holds out his right hand. Tiamat was his opposite. Born in the shadow, hers were the powers of darkness, greed, and death. There's a quick pounding of drums as the orator says, They constantly vied for dominance, and he throws his hands out. They constantly vied for dominance over the void, and terrible force it was. It was chaotic. But Ayun, and the drums stop, and a flute, one of the musicians in the back, a flute flutters a few notes. Ayun, in her growing wisdom, also saw balance. For every streak of light, there was shadow. And for every moment of dark and cold, there remained the afterimage of light. It was from this balance that Ayun summoned Torm, god of balance and justice. I'm putting my thumbs up. His prudence tempered the arguments of Pelor and Tiavat, allowing for civil discussion among the four gods for the future of their existence. And that existence was to build themselves a world. And the crowd cheers at this. And the music swells in the background. The orator puts his hand up to the sky and says, Palor borrowed the light of the Great Mother's thoughts and created the sun, placing it in the sky so that his world might be bright. And the orator reaches into his belt, grabbing some powders in each hand before slapping his hands together and creating a flash of light. Again, the audience claps and the orator continues. Tiamat desired darkness, so she threw a veil over her brother's creation. Torm judged that both could exist in balance, and he created day and night. However, because Ayun needed light by which to keep her records, to keep cataloging things that were being created, Torm created the stars and the moon. Tiamat was not happy that even in her darkness, there was still light. So Torm balanced the moon, that it too might cycle through light and dark. The orator has now come down off the stage and he starts pacing around in front of the people, looking each of them in the face before continuing on. He says, Ayun created the earth to walk upon, and Pelor made it warm. Tiamat wanted cold, so Torm ruled that the world should cycle through the seasons, bringing warmth in spring and summer, but cold in autumn and winter. And he looks into other people's faces. Torm balanced the earth with oceans and rivers. Halor added life and plants. He created humans, elves, dwarves, halflings, and all the other races of Ralvaria. These he called his children and gifted them with knowledge to honor his sister Ayun. Tiamat, not to be outdone, created winged creatures of metal and fire. The first were colored red, black, green, blue, white, and she named them dragons. And the crowd gasps. There's some clapping too. The dragon's intellect was sharp and their bodies strong. She called them her children, unique 
and unopposed in this world. But, and the orator starts moving back up on stage. This was not balanced, argued Torm. So he created dragons of his own and made them gold, silver, bronze, copper, brass. And they flew through the skies, their scales shining in the light of Pelor, even more so than Tiamat's children. And this angered the goddess of darkness. She knew then that Torm had grown partial and favored Pelor over her. And suddenly the music, ba-ba-ba-bom, the music ramps up and gets dark indeed. Tiamat retreated to the void of her birth and waited in anger. Her anger and jealousy grew until they became a physical force, which she used to summon Sargonis, god of wrath, vengeance, and war. Together with her partner, Tiamat returned to our plane, to our earth, and they began to balance Pelor's children by adding legions of evil beasts that lurked in the dark and preyed on Pelor's creations, on us, us humans, elves, halflings, dwarves. And here the orator pauses as the crowd begins booing loudly. The gods began to fight, and the world trembled. Fire scorched the sky, and earthquakes shook the land. The oceans boiled, and the mountains crumbled. Then the gods retreated, leaving their beings alone in this wrecked world. We cried out in pain, but the gods of good and evil would not return. Only Ayun could hear. But she was keeper of knowledge and needed to remain impartial. Therefore, in her wisdom, she visited the battlefields of ages past and searched for pieces of the other gods that had been left behind. She located their living flesh and fused them together with a bit of her own, bringing forth a new god in the light of the Great Mother. And suddenly someone in the crowd shouts, Tell us his name! The orator gives a small smile and says, Do I need to tell you his name? And somebody in the crowd shouts again, Tell us his name! The orator places a hand to his ear and says, My name's Jeff. Sanchez. <laughs> Do I need to tell you his name? And the crowd shouts back, Helos! The orator smiles again and goes, Yes, this new god was Helleros, the god of five faces, or the god of many faces. The At god, least five. He was equal parts good and evil, just and vengeful. And he was wise enough to know the difference. Helleros is a false god. He came to us in our time of need. He helped to lead the creatures of the earth back into balance. But... And here the orator puts his hands in front of him again and says, Just as Helleros held many aspects in his face, so too did the creatures he now led. As we know, some of us are good. And he points to someone in the crowd, and uh, the guy that he points to kind of like nods his head as his buddies around him are kind of digging their elbows into him. And he goes, yeah, I'm good. Some of us, here the orator points at somebody else, some of us are bad. And as he points, he points at a child in the crowd, and the poor child starts crying. Protein spears him. 
disgusting. The orator walks across the stage again and says, We still cursed the names of the gods that forsook us and sought to make them pay. In our ignorance, we used ancient magics that we did not understand and opened a portal to the Nine Hells, loosing the armies of Tiamat and Sargonis upon the world in the demon apocalypse. The entire square goes silent again. And the orator bows his head before suddenly saying, Helleros acted quickly and once again proved himself our savior and the crowd erupts in cheers. Helleros proved himself our savior, which is why today, and the orator gestures to the ground, which is why today on this autumnal equinox, we celebrate him as we celebrate our creation. And we look to a future that remains bright in his, Helleros's light and the orator takes a deep bow as the music begins to swell again and the crowd cheers. The minstrels come back out and they start playing along and the people in the square start dancing. The people, the ladies that had been tossing out flower petals are now tossing out uh, cookies and biscuits and people are trying to catch those and everything has now just evolved into a big party. Guys, did we win? Well, we went the right way, so... I think we won. <laughs> we need to bring these people back into the way of the two god. We're not crusading. So we were looking for uh, Lord Farquaad, right? Yes. I guess, yeah, let's just wander around until we find the Lord. Okay, uh, go ahead and give me perception checks, everybody. 19. 20. I got 11. 21. 14. Wow. Um, yeah. <laughs> The three, the three of you that got 19 and higher, uh, almost immediately you recognize that uh, Lord Carfwad is up on stage uh, in the back. He wasn't part of the performance. He was just there observing, and he's kind of now observing the entire party, just being there as a counselor, as a man of the people. And next to him is his faithful sidekick, Harry. Harry. Yes, the big tall guy. When I see Farquaad on the stage. Carfwad. Fuckwad? I, I swear I don't even try to mess it up. It just happens now. <laughs> I really just draw blanks. When I see Carfwad up on stage, I'm just going to kind of give a, give a little look and nod to Ambionitis, and you will see me sneak off to the side around the crowd. Left or right? If you're facing the stage. Right. Oh, man. Really? Oh. Okay. So, yeah. So, I mean, are we able to walk up to him, or is it, like, blocked off? He's up on stage, but you could approach the stage. All right. Meanwhile, while this banter is going on, you see Brixius come hauling across the stage, and the guy who is announcing and talking things is going to get his ass speared. <laughs> uh, I draw my greatsword. I put my hand on the damn greatsword. It's a hard haul, let me tell you. Prothean, when you draw your greatsword... Son of a bitch. The people around you notice that, and they scream. Someone's got speared on stage. Yeah, they, they scream around you, and the people that are watching the stage also start shouting as Brixius goes tearing across the stage and tackles, spears, rather, the uh, orator on stage. Can I use my know-your-enemy feat? 
that I picked up because he was talking for so long. I spent at least one minute observing him, and you can tell me two things about him. Yes. All right. I want to know what his AC is and his current hit points. His AC is 12, and his hit points are 14. Oh, so there's a chance I could always kill him on this one. Nice. (laughs) I'm going to try and turn to the people in our immediate vicinity and talking about Prothean. Be like, sorry, he's had a bit too much to drink, and he gets a little rowdy. Give me a persuasion check. (laughs) Uh, you can do it with advantage since Ambionitis immediately put a hand on the great sword to put it down. Advantage, you say? <laughs> 16. That's better than their insight. Cool. They believe you. <laughs> and they, they are now paying purely attention to uh, what's happening on stage. Can I cast the word that I can't pronounce ever? <laughs> Prestidigitation. 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 Presti digits with your ha- with your fingers. Pres- yes, Tation. I'm looking at the word, but it's not really prestidigitation. 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 Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. Supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. I can say that, but I can't say this word. So I'm going to think of a term that we're going to call it, so I can say it. What is that French for pussy? <laughs> <laughs> Are you? Are you autistic? <laughs> Actually, sir, it is artistic. It is very artistic. <laughs> use the yarn. Um, is that all Leonard Kenny? No, that's uh, 21 Jump Street. We're going to create sparkles above Assface that just speared this guy on stage. Okay. Uh, sparkles appear above, above Rixius. And then can I, after that happens, can I also, can I use it to project my voice, or does it just have to be noises? I think thaumaturgy is the one that can magnify your voice. Yeah. Well, just make a noise that sounds exactly like your voice, but louder. Yeah, can I make a firework popping noise? Yeah. Okay, I'll do that right after that happens. What happens to the people? Lord Farquaad stops all of you. Yeah, people are definitely paying attention to the stage right now. What about above the stage? Are they looking more at the fact that this guy just got speared or the sparkle booming? The whole thing seems like they're not sure what's going on right now. Nice. But they haven't, like, mobbed Brixius yet. Wow, this is weird. Usually we're getting mobbed by now. (laughs) You're welcome. You better stand up and start your speech. Yeah. Oh, boy. Can I scream? Get on with it! This is the big moment where I don't have a name picked out for the gym, but I gotta pull something out of my ass. All right. I thought it was like a hammer thumb. Uh, first of all, how much damage do you do to this guy? Oh, shit. <laughs> what is damage for spearing when I'm really hauling? It's one uh, one plus your strength, and since you're charging... Add ten. I can go <laughs> hammer thumb. We can go the hammer what? five. What's the hammer fist and the hammer what? And the hammer fist and the hammer knuckle. So we can go for the hammer nail, the hammer hand, the hammer palm, the hammer five, because they like the five the hammer face... Hammer head. Hammerhead. They like the five-faced god, so I'm going to like the Hammer Five because there's five phalanges. So Hammer Five could work in this city. Or five hammers. The five hammer gym. Hammer Five. Maybe the Hammer Five for the for Astrocane. The hammer ass. Okay, so charging. Ass hammers. <laughs> charging as a... If you charge, you can gain a plus five bonus to the attack's damage roll. 
uh, if you choose to make a melee attack and hit, or you can push the target up to 10 feet away from you right. if you choose to shove, but you're spearing. Right. So it would be plus five. So it's just one plus five? It'd be one plus your strength plus five. Oh, he said he had 14 HPs, right? Yeah. All right, we're in the clear. I only do 11. <laughs> <laughs> he is definitely holding his side. It, it feels like when I was a kid and the giant football player, like the guy that actually played football, tackled me in the side and tossed me down a hill. That didn't feel good. That, that's, that's what he's feeling right now. Feels, feels like the one time where he brought home a A- minus in math class, got the <laughs> shit kicked out of him. <laughs> Swift roundhouse <laughs> to the rim. No room for negatives in this household. Just a perfect spinning side kick straight to the sternum. But he failed, he failed the geometry one. Just get that angle. <laughs> All right, so what gym name are we going with here? You just got to wing it. Start weighing. Talk. Car- Carfwad steps up and goes, Is that Brixius? I use message really quick to look at my brother. Hey, which name are we going with? We forgot to discuss this. Uh, I'm holding up five uh, fingers, listeners, and counting down. Either the hammerhead or the, the, the five hammers. All right. I stand up. No need to be alarmed, everyone. Farquad, thank you for showing up. I actually got to talk to you after this. However, Somebody from the crowd goes, His name's Carfwad! No, it's not. (laughs) That's what I said. I was correct in my saying. However, people of Astrocane, no need to be alarmed. This has been a demonstration for the new gym that I will be opening up in your city. It is a fighting gym where we will train you how to fight demons because that is a big issue around here, I feel. Uh, There's murmuring in the crowd. Train you how to use all different weapons, fight with your hands. Regardless, it is a uh, brother gym to the Hammer Fist in Nashpura, not Nashpura, Salt Lake City, not Salt Lake City, Salt, Salt, Slime Valley. Holy shit. No, what is the name? South Salt, you South Salt, there it is. It is a brother gym to the Hammer Fist in South Salt and the Hammer Knuckle in True, no, not True Gala, that's where we're at. Actually, wasn't this the city where you put the down payment on to open up the Hammer Knuckle? Huh. No. <laughs> and right it, no. down the road. It can't. Is it? This is it. The, you've only tried to open one other gym and it was here. Are you sure? Yes. Well, I guess I'm changing the name of that gym. <laughs> Are you positive? Yes. I really don't think it is. No, he's right. All right. This is a brother gym to the Hammer Fist in South Salt. It will be called the Hammer Five because on a fist, you have five fingers, all about the hands. Hammers us. So, it will be opening very soon, and I would like everybody to come check it out sometime. Give me a performance check. Can I make my way to the stage? Do I get advantage because there's crackles? No, you do not get advantage. <laughs> and Ambient Eye is sure you're making your way to the stage. You get disadvantage. Can I get on the stage? Sure. I can cure wounds on this fucking guy. Yeah. I <laughs> just knocked him the fuck out. I'm going to use my inspiration. Because uh, you already used it. Yeah, you you used it last time. (laughs) No, I didn't. I decided not to. I said I'll take the full damage last time. I said, all right. After this, you have no more inspiration. (laughs) Well, you questioned him last time about the inspiration. Then he said he had one. He said he had one. He never used his, and he took it or he used it, and then he took it back because he didn't use it. And I'm the only one that did use it. 
is I had to use it on the attack roll or some shit. Okay. After this, Brixius has no more inspiration. <laughs> How's an 11 going to do it? That was with inspiration? Oh, the first roll was a natural 2. Second roll was a natural 9. <laughs> Does it help that I'm trying to heal this fucking guy? Yeah, and it also helps that the whole crowd rolled an 11. Ooh. So Ooh. we're meeting right here, which means that they love it. They accept it, and they mildly clap. I do a, a stand up and do a standing backflip. That you don't know how to do. Why not attempt it? <laughs> Go ahead, give me an acrobatics. Takes a full fucking header. We're gonna use the other. How D20. do you cast cure wounds? I don't use this enough. Was it one d eight plus your charisma modifier? Bastards, motherfucker! Neither of these die are working for me today. That's another natural two. Now you have a failing gym in the city. No, it just means I failed at doing a backflip because that's a seven total. Which probably means that it was a very poor attempt. Probably landed on my neck kind of weird. Which means no one's going to want to come to the gym that just saw the <laughs> And I stand that. up and be like, again, not to be alarmed, this is not an acrobatics gym. It's not a gymnasium. We're not doing gymnastics here. We're fighting. Which means you do not need to know how to do a backflip. Just tell them you were showing that you were demonstrating how to land directly on the top of your head <laughs> and be fine. Um, when you try to do this acrobatics, when you try to do this backflip... You do not get all the way around, and you just land on your belly. Um, Start doing push-ups. <laughs> <laughs> and you pop up, you say your, your piece, and it is kind of funny. They, they liked the pratfall, and uh, they like your explanation, so go ahead and give me another performance check. You get another chance at this. Oh. And how many wounds did you cure the poor orator for? So it's a D8 plus what? Plus your charisma. Five. Okay. He gets up. He's, he's recovered from the spear. Only three of his ribs are broken. <laughs> and what was the performance roll? This time it was a natural 10, making it a 12. We went up one. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> but they only rolled an 11, so instead of meeting, now I'm above the game. Uh, yeah, sure. They are more res responsive to it, and the orator, having been healed somewhat, comes up and actually says, An unplanned advertisement. Welcome to the city, newcomers. Yes. Uh, unorthodox, I would not recommend doing it again, but people, there you have it. A new way to fight, a new uh, take on the city. Check out the... Hammer Five. Hammer Five! Hi, and I high-five him. And he high-fives you back. And I would like to... Uh... Give a shout out to this gentleman right here for being a part of the demonstration. He will be receiving one week of free classes. Wow. As payment. That actually gets them very much on your side. They seem very happy now. Uh, the order sweeps another bow. He flings his cardigan out. And you hear Jet say under his breath, there goes all my money. <laughs> and you hear his ribs cracking as he does this. And the orator pulls you aside and says, Don't you ever fucking do that again. What'd you say to him? <laughs> Did you come yeah, up and say that? What's he gonna do? No, he was yeah. aside. What'd you say to him? I said, please don't ever fucking do that again. That hurt. <laughs> What's he gonna do with his 8 HP left? <laughs> <laughs> you cuss at my brother again, I will fucking end you. Hey, this is my brother. He uh, helps me run the 
run the place. Uh, sorry. Helps murder people. <laughs> I gave you that look up on stage, and you made eye contact with me, and I thought you were in. Were you not in? He just goes, I appreciate the gesture of a week's worth of gym classes. I might take you up on that. You definitely should. Then you won't get hit like such a pussy next time. (laughs) You learn how to properly take a spear. He gives you like the two most sarcastic thumbs up and walks away. Alright. Pat him on his back as he walks by, but a nice firm, firm slap. Just He stumbles and goes back to his, uh, his festival organization duties. Fucking asshole. Then, I would like to make eye contact with Farquaad, look around Carfwad, look for my companions, be like let's go talk to this gentleman, guys. And we spear him. You don't have to worry about that because Harry is looming over you. Well, I guess he wouldn't be looming over you. You guys are of a similar height to him. He's looming next to you. (laughs) Who is this fucking guy? Harry, the guy that said Hmm, pick number three, my lord. Oh, the, this guy's Farquaad's fucking huge. Fuck, buddy. Um, oh, he's a, big, he's a big guy. Yeah, he's a big hairy man. Is he hairy? Or is it a, like, kind of an ironic name? Because he's really not. Uh, he is very hairy. Oh, nice. So it's not just a clever name. Harry <laughs> is standing next to the Hammerbottom Brothers and goes, That wasn't very nice. It worked. I think Carfwad would like to talk to you. We would like to speak with him as well. Our friend has a situation. Which one? Well, look down and you will see an erection. I guess the rest of us are going to kind, kind of scoot our way over there, probably. Jet, Prothean, and Abe join in and Harry asks, Which one of you needs the, uh, needs the help? I put hey, my finger worry. to my nose. <laughs> Hey, don't worry, we're all just gonna talk to Farquad now. Uh, you mean Carfwad? Yes. Fuckwad got it. That's what we said. I don't know, why, why can nobody in this town listen? Harry motions to Carfwad, and they make their way off, he makes his way off his off the stage, and they go over to the magistrate office door, and Harry opens it. Carfwad, the little gnome with his, uh, Bishop's hat is bobbing through the crowd and darts into the magistrate office. It's just as you remember it. There are the line, like the ropes, back and forth across the the front hall, and there's the desk, but the desk is currently unmanned, and Carfwad just stands off to the side and waits until you've all filed into the room, and Harry closes the door and then stands up against the door. And Carfwad asks, Why are you back here and making such a scene? Uh, it wasn't a scene, that was a demonstration. And it worked. Just want to make that clear. Barely. Uh, eh, I'll take what I can get. Does my character see anything I could play with in this room? No. Aw. For fuck's sakes. I mean, Farquad's pretty small. <laughs> By the way, you're... <laughs> just so you guys know, with intelligence... He's a a plus zero is an average person. I'm a negative one intelligence. I'm a negative two. A negative one would be like your your C D students. You're in the special classes. No, that's negative two. A minus two would be 
like flonking. Remedial. What's a minus three? A minus three would be you have some learning disabilities. An extra not, chromosome? No, not extra. <laughs> you don't have Down syndrome. Yeah, I know. I think the reason we say Farquad is just. No, 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 not not you guys. I'm talking Prothean. You're not a cat. <laughs> I, I pull some bone dice out of my bag because I don't know why I have them or what they do. And I say, here, play with this. The adults are talking now. No, I'm talking like if I, let's say, see like a statue or something of like God, I just like pick it up and was like looking at it, like accidentally break it or something. No. Four <laughs> bucks a sake. Carfwad asks, so why have you sought an audience with me? You sought the audience with us, according to Harry. Yes, because we, uh, well, my brother over here fucked up his person. Hey, I gotta make money somehow. I don't even know what I need money for, but I need to make it somehow. <laughs> it's, a, it's a living. Make sure it is, uh, legal. Otherwise, you may wind up in my, in my courtroom. All right, uh, so the real reason we're here is this plane over here. Exorcism. Needs to be exercised with some jumper jacks. I think he might have a demon in him. A demon? Yeah, because, you know, one. you know, how's your relationship with the dragon guy in the bubble? I know last time we spoke, I was trying to convince you that he's not really your friend. Have you, have you come to realize that he's not the best guy yet? He is my boss, and he is, and he kind of grinds his teeth and says, he is a true friend. Yeah, you're lying to yourself. However, uh... So we actually have a little bit of proof and somewhat evidence that he hasn't been completely honest with you. Oh, and he crosses his arms. And I really do think he knows that there are demons around, and I think he's behind it in some way. My friend has a demon in him now, and we need to get that demon out. Um, Please help me. <laughs> Carfwad looks askance at Brixius, and then... Drops his arms and says, Fine. Plane, you said your name was? No, wait, I've <laughs> met you before. You're Jet. Like the plane. Yes, sir. All right, come here, come here. Yes, sir. And he holds his hands up, <laughs> and he's only, like, three feet tall, so you're going to have to bend down so that, because he's motioning to you. I pick him up and do the rocket ship. <laughs> Wee! <laughs> No, I'm kidding. Um, (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So you bend down, and he takes your face in his hands and starts murmuring some words and kind of rubbing your temples. And then he places a hand on your forehead, and he says, I sense no evil from you. So I've been trying to tell these guys. What exactly is the problem? Well, you see, we were fighting a demon, and I passed out, and when I woke up, everybody was telling me that I turned into one momentarily, and I guess it's a, uh, the door's closed right now, if that's what you're not sensing anything. Like, you physically turned into a demon? I, you're gonna have to ask one of these guys. His eyes went white, that's about it. He just suddenly sounded like he had smoked like 20 years worth of cigarettes in like the last two minutes. And then 
said something about a diadem. A diadem. Hmm. And bringing it to him. And then he smacked the shit out of Brixius over here. Turned hostile towards me, yeah. Has he done this since then? No. No, No, but from our understanding, there's a window on the plane. And it could happen at any time. He thinks for a moment. And then he says, come, come, come. Let's let's go into the church for a moment. And he leads you through the swinging door where the... uh, the lady lets people into the courtroom and then he leads you through the side door into the church. There aren't anybody, any choir singing in there now, but uh, he leads you up to the altar and takes a golden incenser from behind the altar and puts some powder in there and then throws the powder directly in Jet's face. <laughs> I laugh. Uh, and I need... Brixius to make a constitution saving throw because you're there as well. Oh, baby. He's going to lose his feathers. Neither of these dice have been working for me, so... 18. You manage not to sneeze. Hell fucking yeah. I stroke <laughs> my feather beard, slap my bucket cap on in case it fell off at any point. And by the way, um, the fact that you had feathers on your face definitely helped you. I should have remembered that. You would have looked like a performer. While I have feathers on, do I get like a bonus to charisma or anything like that? No. But Carfwad looks at you and goes, Brixius, by the way, I don't know where those feathers came from, but... uh..." As I'm stroking my beard, I'm like, I don't know what you're talking about. What (laughs) feathers? Indeed. I think that's for the best that everybody's just ignoring it. And um, so then he starts swinging the incenser around Jet. And as he's doing so... Suddenly, the smoke from the incenser starts swirling around you, Jet, and it starts to almost settle as if there was some sort of force around you. It starts to settle on this, on different parts and different shapes until suddenly you can see a symbol all around you. Those of you that are standing back, Prothean, Abe, Brixius, and Ambionitis, you can see that this symbol looks like a giant bird with its wings outstretched. Is Abe familiar with exorcisms or how they should go generally? Yes, this is not an exorcism. This is more trying to determine what the issue is. Okay. I want to be like, because I don't fully trust Farquaad. Carquad. So, so Farquaad. So... I want to be making sure he's not doing anything to, like, make it worse or any shady nonsense. Sure. Uh, you can give me a an, an arcana check. Bull, if you were the expert, you could do this yourself. Well, I'm not a priest. <laughs> 17. And you have advantage because it's demon-related. Ah, ah, that doesn't help. So 17. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, if he starts doing anything untoward... I'll let you know. Okay. But Prothean and... Well, Jet, you wouldn't be able to see what the shape is, but Prothean and Carfwad both step back and they both understand what this symbol is. Wait, isn't that the symbol of Sorganus? The false god? Yes, it is the symbol of Sorganus. Why would that be there? Well, that's the temple that I was uh, raised in. And have they put, have they performed some sort of ritual on you? No, I just, you know, they taught me how to read the scrolls and texts and 
right and stuff like that. Okay, so you were at the temple, and you don't remember any sort of ritual happening. This is very odd. I've normally this is this means that you have some sort of direct connection to the god. Do you have any sort of any sort of symbols on you, holy relics, any sort of anything like that? Not since uh, this guy tried to carve the symbol of torment in my body. I strip him naked. I just want to make sure he's telling the truth. I'm going to help. Is there anything on my back? Jet, you can pull, undo the laces of your shirt and pull it aside. And with the incense around you, now looking through the smoke, those of you that are looking at his back can actually see that there is a fiery brand of the bird on his back right shoulder. Oh, that's not good. Dog, you've never seen this before? No, there's never been anything here. What are you talking about? Harry picks up a giant pair of bellows, squeezes them once, and the smoke scatters. And as it does so, <laughs> the fiery brand disappears. Hmm. All that's right, uh, Farquaad, what do you make of this? My name is Carfall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's what I said. Open your ears, clean them out from time to time. This means that the priests of your temple have made some sort of connection between you and Sargonis that they did not want you to know about. So perhaps it wasn't a demon that was after your body or whatever <laughs> the diadem was. <laughs> um, but it certainly means that there is something that is trying to connect with you. No, there's, there's, there's no way that uh, Boeing would have He's, Who's Boeing? He, he was he was my friend. He's the one who taught me everything that I know. Hmm. Well, I don't know. I can't speak to what Boeing may or may not have done, but I can teach you a few ways to... Normally, I try to teach people how to find that connection, but if this is indeed causing you pain, and of course, if you are connected with Sargonis, the god of revenge, that cannot be a good thing because Helleros... And he puts his hands together in prayer and looks up at the sky. He's our one true god. Bothian looks pissed when he says that. Like, hand on sword pissed. I put my hand on his great sword. Carquad <laughs> 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 <But laughs> doesn't even notice. He is 100% focused on Jet and says, Jet, I will teach you ways to meditate and try and... Keep this connection to a minimum. That much I can do for you. So I don't want to have a connection to the gods? If you want it, you can have it. But Sargonis, and he just kind of chuckles and goes, <laughs> Sargonis is not good. All right. I guess we will, uh, this is what we came here for. So I guess we'll do this. Here is the first one. And we'll find out what that is next time on the Death Saving Bros podcast. Oh, you cock tease. Uh, just gonna leave me half chubbed like that I'm a full chub right now hope all of you enjoyed this episode uh, we got to see quite a few different things uh, and another demonstration from the Hammerbottom <laughs> brothers what are you 50 for 50% 50 right now in success rate 100% yeah 100% I know for sure it did not work in the bar well 50% of the time it works every time 100% <laughs> of the time 50% of the time that's 100% it's actually 150%, which means we're overshooting expectations. We are overachievers. We do good work. I haven't been executed yet, so, I mean, that seems like... 
hundred percent. Yeah, that that a hundred percent. If you have not been executed yet, <laughs> if you think that we've been executing well on this podcast, head over to iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or Stitcher. Leave us a five star rating and review. Do you like that transition? It's a good transition. Was a good segue. <laughs> Greatest segue I've ever heard. Well played. Five stars is the best. We love to hear your feedback, uh, and we will read it on the air. We've got a couple uh, in the tank, saving the next one for a couple episodes away, because I really like that one, and I kind of want to read it on the 50th episode. I think it would be a nice, nice thing, just so you guys know. It's a review? Yeah, a review. It's that, it's that really long one that you saw. Oh, not the one that says we're like five-year-olds with Mountain Dew. That, that one, yeah. Oh, I like it. Yeah, that's a good one. <laughs> if you want to keep in touch with us in between episodes, other days of the week, whatever. A lot of stalkers uh, on there. Hit us up on social media. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Death Saving Bros. You can also follow us at Life Saving Bros on Instagram for tips, tricks, and other D&D materials to bring your own D&D campaign to life. You can follow me personally at HB Camper. Find me at BenFro15. I'm at I'm a underscore B underscore rad. Fucking go to the main page. It's what it's there for. You can also find me on Old School Runescape. That's Fat, F-E-T-T, Smith. And those of you in your home, in your car, or wherever you may be, keep saving those death throws, and we'll see you on the next one. throws for your death. I don't know. That's all I have. Bobby. Bobby. Clap, clap, clap. Clap, clap, clap. You know, you're out of order. This entire court's out of order. The vending machine in the gym is out of order. That's also from Jimmy Neutron. What the fuck? Ah. <laughs> what? Big ass spider just like jumped at my crotch. Oh, I see him. <laughs> Kill him. Just start beating the shit out of Matt's crotch. <laughs> I swear, if a spider calls me in this podcast, I will burn this house down. I literally jump like directly at the tip of my penis. Oh, I see you. Oh, I missed. Oh, oh shit, oh, shit. You missed. Fuckers, quick. Yeah, well, you missed him. Oh no, I see his dead body. I need a lampkin. Tell your friends. <laughs> Just post him up on the wall. Hey. Those two years, we didn't really have any spiders coming around. The second they took it down, we find that huge one. monstrous tarantula, and it took you five minutes to hit with a fucking boot. Okay. Now that we've killed the spider. How many XP's is that? Five. Nice. I won't believe it unless you send me pictures of the spider dead. I don't know why, but I have 300 XP points written on my sheets, and now I'm at 305. Mr. 305! <laughs> you didn't kill that spider. It was a team effort. Yeah. What the fuck did you do? <laughs> uh, supported. Matt called it out, and it took me 35 seconds to hit it with a fucking coaster. I was the distraction. Right. I kind of want to let a spot go. Sorry, I was busy using the force. And by the force, he meant me. <laughs> you gave me permission. I did not force you to do anything.
Ah, shit. <laughs> he stops during the middle of his... <laughs> Motherfucker, what was it? The paper is at work. Shit. Hello, children. Let me teach you about the creation of life. <laughs> How'd you get this far through your speech without remembering that you left the paper? Is this what you do at work? <laughs> yeah. I hope your company's not listening <laughs> to this one. Hope your boss doesn't hear this. You send out a, uh, like a headline and it's just like, Helleros creating, like... <laughs> they accidentally typed the wrong thing. They're like, what the fuck? Who's Helleros? And what does he have to do with Red's Apple Ale? All this stuff going on in Relveria, I'll tell you. I don't know why you haven't been plugging our podcast in, like, newspapers and, like, press releases. <laughs> yeah, why haven't you been doing this, Paul? Before you leave that job, you should definitely do that at least once. <laughs> Client in South Korea, you just, like... Death Saving Bros, most popular podcast in America. You get fired, but you at least okay. get a lot of free publicity for us. I lost my place. Must have been a long chuckle. Hold on. Shut up. What it do, baby? I bet the buddy. guy on stage just has a stroke and dies <laughs> in the middle of his presentation. <laughs> Who intrudes on my solitude? Oh my goodness. Are we like gods or something? Because like, we have way too much fucking health then. I mean, at level one, they have like 14 health. I mean, at level one, I had like seven health. So I guess it's not too far off. All right, because I kind of feel like a god now. Oh yeah, that's exactly what we pretty much are. I'm going to rule these people. (laughs) That's exactly what Prothean needs to hear. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't be following Tor. Maybe I should just be my own god. <laughs> oh, no, this is Aeok speaking, not Prothean. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> How's it going? Is anyone still here? I'm so loud. Some of the sounds and background music in this production are copyright material. The songs, Dark Times... Darkling, Hyperfun, Moonlight Hall, Past the Edge, Rights, and Sovereign Quarter are by Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com, licensed under Creative Commons Attribution License 4.0, and sourced from FilmMusic.io. The tracks Coming of Time, Dreams of War, Epic Emotional Moments, Epic Emotional Trailer, Fantasy Adventure, Ice and Snow, Lonely Mountain, and Morning Flags our music by Orchestralis. The Death Saving Bros theme song is an abridged version of the song Run by Kai Angle and sourced from the Free Music Archive. This track is used with permission under Creative Commons Attribution License 4.0. You can read the full license at creativecommons.org slash licenses slash buy slash 4.0 slash legal code.